Hello and welcome to the PR department podcast. You're through to your host, Katie Braden. Hi, welcome to episode two. So I was racking my brains thinking, okay, episode two is kind of like there's so much to cover. What do I cover first kind of scenario? Um, So I just took my mind back to when I have conversations with um, people who follow me on Instagram and, you know, follow this kind of content. And whenever I've asked, you know, what do you want to know about? What do you want to hear about? One of the most frequently asked questions is, how do you get clients? Um, And I think this comes from a place of, you know, getting a job in an agency. Don't get me wrong, it's really difficult because they are so picky and the competition is fierce. But, you know, you see the job, you apply for it, your clients are handed to you. So when you work in an agency, you don't really get a say on what clients you have um, and you also most of the time don't have to bring your own clients so you'll basically just be popped into a team and then you'll work with the clients that they have so for example when I worked in my last agency I was obviously in the beauty team um, and when I arrived I think there was like probably around 15 maybe more maybe like 20 clients all of varying sizes like all from like tiny clients up to like huge clients and that would be shared between like four people so there would be somebody heading it up like a a sort of management figure and then you know the account execs who do the bulk of kind of the everyday work and then the um the interns which were called coordinators but they were kind of the junior members of the team so you would all share these clients essentially and everybody would support on that so obviously with this shift culturally that we're experiencing with COVID I know a lot of people are looking to go freelance um I think as a society the last couple of years we've really had to like check ourselves in terms of like how we spend our time what we value who we value the value of money even, the value of time, like so many things have come into question that I honestly don't think we would have done as a society unless, you know, we were put up against this massive challenge that we had to face, you know, in the face of struggle, I do think you go through your greatest curve of learning Um, and I think that certainly happens. So there's a huge interest of what it is to be freelance, how to go freelance and obviously, when you go freelance, you are completely completely on your own. And one of the main things that is like the factor of oh my god, how am I going to make this work? Is how do I get clients? <laughs> because that's literally how you're going to run your business and pay your bills. Obviously, there are so many other factors that differ between agency and freelance. Like some of them would be it's hugely different working from home or working alone remotely than it is working in an office environment. Um, It's very different working alone and not being part of a team and having a team support to help like carry the work. It's all on you. Um, You know, you have to get your own clients, as I said. Um, And also something that is quite specific to PR. So we use a lot of um, outsourced databases. So for example, like, 
things like Fashion Monitor, Gorkana, Diary Directory, like just to name a few. These are databases that are collated um, external to PRs, external to agencies. And how they work is that you pay like a yearly fee or a monthly fee to have access to these databases. So what these databases hold is information of journalists and people, you know, of that kind of vibe. Um, so you can see like, for example, you, you'll hop onto Gorkana, you'll type in UK Vogue and the whole UK Vogue team will appear with all of their emails, like all of the information of like what they cover, how they like to be contacted, you know, from all the departments, like not just fashion and beauty, it covers everything from like advertising to artwork to finance to, you know, whatever that magazine covers. So obviously, you know, we work in a world that is based heavily around communication and to a PR a database is everything so I thought that would whilst we are talking about the difference between agency and freelance I thought that would be interesting to flag because that's honestly something you don't really think about is like how am I going to get my database like you basically have to create your own database um when I first went freelance I had my own database already that I had been um sort of putting together in like my own excel document for about a year um and it is really really helpful for you to do that anyway it's kind of like your new age version of like a little black book if you will which to a PR is obviously everything like your contacts are basically your whole business um but yeah when I first went freelance I was like oh it's fine I'll just get fashion monitor like on my own and then when I actually looked into it Jesus Christ is it expensive it is so expensive um obviously they're they're selling like information and having it in a database which of course is like a high ticket item um but it is so expensive and to be honest for a freelancer like especially one just starting out it is actually just not viable. Like I personally, unless you start with like a lump sum of money and you sort of budget to have like 70% of it taken by Fashion Monitor, then yeah, great. Um, But when I started, I think I had about £200 in my bank account. Like I was on basically empty. Um, Obviously, if I was to start a business now, I would never even dream of doing that. But at the time, it was the circumstance I was in and I just had to like take the jump, basically. But yeah, I was running on nothing. So Fashion Monitor was not an option for me. I love how this like wasn't the topic of the episode, but here we are. Um, <laughs> but I think this is this uh, this trail of conversation is quite interesting. So I'm just going to keep going on it for a little bit. Um, so what I decided to do when I first went freelance, um, something that was actually led by the desire to still have access to those databases, something that I couldn't afford on my own, was to take a part-time job in an agency. So I would run my own stuff, sort of, uh, like, say, three days a week. I can't remember exactly what it was. And then I would be working in an office, managing a team in an agency for, like, two days a week. Um, there was an agreement between me and the agency director that I would be doing my own thing as well. And I would just come in on those two days, manage what I needed to do, set up like strategy and tasks and like help manage clients and help like manage timelines and staff and all that kind of like boring admin stuff. Um, and then that was it. So that was actually quite a nice 
transition for me because I knew that I had those two days a week, uh, whatever it was. I knew I still had access to my database. I still had a team around me for two days, um, as well as like building up my own stuff on the side. So that was... um, that was actually a nice setup for a while. Uh, obviously, the freelance side then grew and I ended up leaving that agency and just focusing on my own stuff. But it was like a nice, it felt like a safe situation, if that makes sense, considering that I had no idea what I was doing and I had £200 in my bank account. Like, that was safety for me. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I did. Um, and then I also had a setup with a friend of mine, a very dear friend of mine. We actually, we actually both worked on the same team in my previous agency and we left at a similar time both to go freelance. So we ended up connecting and making like a little, um, what's it called? Like, I can't think of the word, but like we basically banded together the two of us and like supported each other, um, which I would also highly, highly recommend that you do like connect with other freelancers um, and make like a little group of you or even if there's just one or two of you that you can use as a soundboard and you can use as that like freelance support because you don't realize until you're on your own but when you have to make big 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 calls and big decisions which as a PR you will have to do it is I can't tell you how invaluable it is to have someone at the end of the phone just to pick up and be like hey can I just get a second opinion on this so that was invaluable um but something else that we also did which everybody who I say this to is like oh my god that's such a good idea why didn't I think of it we decided I think it was her idea actually we decided to get Gorkana which is a database um and work out a way where we paid for it together um so this is a way of doing things that is like super affordable um actually I lie it's not super affordable it's still quite expensive but it's doable like it was doable um and it's it you don't feel like you're losing a huge chunk of money to these databases and you still have it there when you need it um I mean we're constantly updating our databases I would say like daily at this point um because there's such a wave not just on in PRs like on our side but on the press side like there's a huge wave of people going freelance and it's really quite difficult to keep track of who's where and who's working for what and who's in what team because it is really moving quite quickly um I've seen it a lot in the news you know people talking about a shift of how people want to work and I think this is just a reflection of that so sort of tying that point together having that database is um actually really handy especially at this time um but not for the price tag no thank you we will leave that price tag um that's not for us (laughs) so yeah those are a few things sort of that other differences the major differences I would say um and then also of course the financial side like how can you forget you know you go from being paid a salary to having to work out all of your own money and all of your own tax and HMRC and that is just like a whole other different conversation that I'm not even gonna try and scratch the surface of in this one because I feel like it's a topic all of its own It's something that I personally really struggled with and I had to get outside help with in terms of like an accountant because yeah, I am not that way inclined. So it was challenging for me, but 
you know if I, if you'd like me to talk about that I can absolutely talk about like maybe the mistakes I've made and what I've learned because I do think that has some kind of value um but yeah I think coming back to the you know the title of the episode how to get clients I mean wouldn't it be amazing if I was like right here is your step-by-step guide on how to get a client step one like that would be awesome um but in actuality there is just so many different ways to get a client and I am such a strong believer of everything happens for a reason and when you're desperately trying to get clients I know that that is absolutely like the opposite of what you want to hear but I really do believe like when I look back on my six years sort of freelancing career everything has always happened for a reason like I've gained clients at a very like specific time that sort of all fell into place or I've lost clients and been upset about it and then the next minute an opportunity has come along like it really really is the case of one door closes another door opens um something that I would say as well is like because you are now going freelance you're going to be a service-based business you're basically trading in a service but you're also trading in time so when one client goes away I just view it as that time has been opened up to be filled by something else and I truly believe like we work at the capacity that we're supposed to work at the time that we're supposed to do it um so you know, when I've lost big clients in the past, which 100% does happen, it doesn't matter how good you are at your job, it does not matter, you will lose clients, like it is part and parcel of what we do, Um, you know, being a PR, especially a freelance PR, there are so many external variables that we can't control, like if you could control from the beginning to the end of the process, then, you know, you'd have your clients forever maybe, but because there's so many external factors like within the client's business, like within press, within society, within economy, like there's so many variables. It's inevitable you're going to lose clients. But I actually, six years on, I always, even though, it, you know, sometimes it gets messy and sometimes it gets, you know, sometimes it hurts because you do end up having a personal relationship and you do care about these clients. When they leave, it is difficult. But I nine times out of ten will always see it as a positive because for me as I said earlier I look at that chunk of time and I'm like this is really exciting actually like I now have this chunk of time what am I going to do with it like what is what's going to be filled in that spot because something is coming um as I spoke about in my first episode like I'm a big believer and lover of like you get out what you put in so if you're pouring energy and focus into something I really think that that energy will come back to you so if you're working really really hard on your business like you're gonna get that payment for it and it's gonna come back around to you at one time um it's just when and where and I also think that the timing is always right um so none of that was helpful for you (laughs) I love like I go through all of these things of like what I think and actually none of it is helpful for you to help gain clients so now I'm actually going to go through a few things that are practical means um, things that you can actually do um, or think about when you are actually trying to get clients so the first one is so glaringly obvious but I honestly think in this day and age social media is an absolute blessing 
do I hate it yes would I not be on it if I was like a heiress heiress is that how you say it um you know someone who had like had millionaire parents I would probably like live off grid and not be on Instagram but I think it's an incredible business tool and one that has served me really well I think um so yeah absolute blessing um I think when I was coming into the industry there was this huge um like weight on how important it was to do like everything in person like being out was essential going to events was essential doing in-person meetings and desk sides and everything had to be face-to-face because Instagram was only just like starting to be a thing and it wasn't really a networking thing like it really truly was just a photo sharing app um and that was it really like influencers were only just starting to become a thing um so this wasn't the start of my freelancing career this was like the start of my actual career I guess um imagine me trying to say that Instagram wasn't a thing six years ago (laughs) we're talking more like 10 um so yeah I think there was this huge weight on being in person and I think this is also a thing about like where you lived so back in the day it was like hugely important as a PR to be in the city you know to be in London to be accessible to be out and about you know it's that whole like um I hate to be stereotypical but that like absolutely fabulous vibe where like they're just out drinking champagne and at parties all the time and then that's like their networking um I just don't believe that that's the way we operate anymore. I really, really don't. And I've kind of done both. So when I was an agency, like I'm not even joking you, I think I was out like four nights a week, every week, um, probably at parties that had absolutely no business value, but I was there nonetheless. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, I I don't think in this day and age that is really how we do things is it useful? Yes. Do I think attending events and networking and meeting people in person has value? Absolutely. But I don't think it's the be all and end all. And I think in terms of like press, clients, etc., I just think so much of their world now revolves around social media. Um, you know, if you're looking at, like, for example, if you're looking to be employed by a big corporate company, their marketing teams or the people who are going to be recruiting I would say we'll be looking at social media over like who's at what party to be honest um it's because like let's face it social media is basically like the modern day word of mouth um and something else that I was going to make a point of later on is like getting clients for me has been massively word of mouth and who you know um so once you start that ball rolling I think it really is about building momentum and that is not something that will happen overnight obviously um but yeah I so then there's this whole thing about like okay social media is word of mouth social media is networking so which social media platform is right for me like should I do them all should I do one you know what should I do and I do think that when you're first starting out and you're not sure like you should cast the net out wide so like creating content for all different forms of social media and then seeing what comes from it is always a good idea for me I think Instagram is still really important and I'll tell you why because I I think for business Instagram is dying a little bit obviously with the rise of TikTok but you're not selling a product here you're selling a service so 
I would say with Instagram, Instagram almost has taken on the role of like a website, what a website used to be. I think websites now are, it doesn't matter how good your website is, I still think it feels quite two-dimensional and again, it doesn't matter how crazy you go in on your website, like there's only so much you can do and say on a website, like it's more of like a whole, an official like holding page, I would say. Um, but I think Instagram has taken the role of that website kind of function and what I mean by that is like say someone is looking for a PR and they're like oh Katie's amazing you should check her out instead of going to my website I would say nine times out of ten they would go to my Instagram and look at my Instagram which I think in comparison to a website which is quite two-dimensional Instagram is quite three-dimensional like you can see my work you can see what I do but you can also see me and you can see my personality and like my vibe, which is far more than what you would get from a website. Again, all in my opinion. Um, so I think that's the difference between the two. Again, do I think it's important to do both? Absolutely. But those are the roles that I think social media kind of plays for me. Um, also, like the interaction element is so important, like connecting with influencers, connecting with press, like being on social media in general. I think that is more the way that we're going in terms of like, as opposed to doing in face to face meetings, like a lot of the influencers and press that I work with, I have met in person at one stage or another. But I would say the initial connection has most of the time come from social media. And that wouldn't be the case for press like 10 years ago um you know the first meeting would be like a coffee or something but now I would say the first connection is like a dm on instagram or like interacting in the comment section on instagram um because a lot of press are now learning the value of having an instagram especially again you know they're going freelance too so they're doing the same things as us um so I think they are valuing you know that social media networking too um and are placing importance on it there was a time you know years ago where a lot of press personalities didn't really have a presence on social media because they didn't feel the need to but now as times are changing and everybody you know the world not just PRs is connecting digitally as opposed to in person I think there's a huge rise of even those journalists you know having those active profiles um so something I get asked about all the time is what do I think about LinkedIn and um, I can't hide my hatred for it, quite honestly. Do I have a LinkedIn profile? Yes. Do I use it? No. Um, every single person who I have this conversation with says the same thing, which is, oh my God, you should have a LinkedIn. It's so important. Like you should update it all the time. Like it's really good for getting new clients. Listen, if that works for you, all power to you. Like get on LinkedIn, do your thing. For me, I couldn't, like, there's two points to make here. A, I couldn't think of anything worse than actually spending my time posting on LinkedIn because the platform, the vibe of the platform really cringes me out. Like, what am I supposed to post? Like, what I made that month? Because, like, that to me is so distasteful. Like, just basically bragging about how successful you are and, like, your business struggles and this and that. Like, the tone of the app for me just makes my toes curl and then b point b 
the clients that you I think anyway like obviously I'm always up to be corrected but I think the clients that I would then attract through that LinkedIn like through that type and form of communication is not necessarily the the type of clients that I want um so that's why I'm not really big on it so it works for some people as I say when you're first starting out give it a go see if you like it like you might absolutely love it and get loads of clients from it but for me I don't like it so I don't put my energy into it because I think you know when you're six years in you kind of know what works for you and what doesn't and you know putting energy and focus into something that you don't really like or enjoy you know the same thing that I talked about in episode one with doing like reels and TikTok content you know I'll do it great but it's not something I want to pour my energy into exactly the same with LinkedIn um so then we get on to TikTok so TikTok has a very specific audience and obviously everyone's TikTok is different because their algorithm is so good so like what you see on your for you page is like designed for you or whatever so my sort of perception of TikTok and my view of TikTok may be very very different to yours because the content that I get and the people who interact with me on TikTok will be very different to you so you know this opinion is personal as with all of my others but I think it's important to discuss anyway um so for me I think TikTok has um an incredible algorithm which has amazing opportunities and I think that has a place so the place that I see it taking is it's an amazing way to get new eyes onto your business because of the chances that you have for your videos to go viral so you don't have that on any other app so I think if your goal is to get more eyes onto your business TikTok is amazing for that obviously we know that um I do think that in order to attract new clients you need new eyes so sometimes those eyes are not always clients you know those eyes can be anybody but amongst those new eyes there may be potential clients so it's always a good thing I think to have new eyes on the business without new eyes the business is stagnant so that's a positive I would say though the audience is very young like I that there's a handful of brand founders obviously that do operate and exist on TikTok but where I am in my career you know six years in I you know I started my career working with very small brands you know independent brands startup brands that kind of thing which I still do um but I'm kind of at the stage where because of the the amount that I charge um and my experience level I go for sort of like mid-range clients and I don't think the founders of those brands are necessarily on TikTok um TikTok for me the you know the mid-range brands they'll have teams that run their TikTok or someone who runs their TikTok rather than being actually active on there themselves um I think the brand founders who do exist on TikTok predominantly are small business owners which for me those are not the clients that I want to attract if that's the client that you want to attract amazing you'll literally have a field day because there are so many of them um but for me it's not the you know without sounding like I don't know without sounding weird like they're not in the sort of realm of client that I would like and I think it's important to be honest about that as well like knowing 
what you charge and therefore what client fits with you is incredibly important to establish because otherwise you'll just be like chasing your tail and taking clients that don't work for you and it'll just be like a whole farce so yeah full of like really small businesses um so I started out on TikTok making content that was more like tips and tricks for influencers because I do a lot of influencer management. I deal with a lot of influencer-based PR activities, okay? So I deal with influencers a lot and, you know, even with influencers who I would class as friends, I have a lot of conversations about, like, you know, best practices and taxes and how to work in this way and how to get brands and blah, 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 like all that kind of thing. So I thought, to be honest, I struggle to make, like, proper PR content for TikTok and the reason why I tell you that is because you're speaking to such a vast audience about such a specific topic that has like so so much backstory you could never even fit into one TikTok like it's not the case of like you could make a TikTok that's like oh top three PR tips but for me without all of like the backstory and the explanation those tips are not going to do anything for anyone so I feel like that's quite empty content a lot of people do make that kind of content and you know they get eyes on it which is great but for me I didn't want to make that type of empty content like I wanted my content to have value and for people to be able to take that 30 60 second video and be like okay she's told me something really interesting here or like I've actually learned something from that that I can apply rather than like three tips on how to write a press release start with an introduction like that kind of thing like it's very empty content that people do enjoy but for me it was it just wasn't for me so long story short I was doing the tips like influencer tips and things like that instead so this is obvious but at the time like I I didn't really you know it wasn't strategic I was just making TikTok content um I ended up attracting uh an audience of like influencers um who then obviously the conversation was oh I really love your content will you manage me so there was a point in my career where I was like at a little bit of a crossroads because I was like I could potentially go down this road and like start managing influencers um, as well as like my PR stuff and have it as like a separate strand of the business but when I really thought about it I was like do you know what I'm in a really really good place at the moment in terms of like my work-life balance and you know how I run things like I'm very you know I'm I'm established in that sense and I didn't want to add this new thing into the mix because you know working with influencers in the way that I have done from the side that I do I know how they work and that is a complete contradiction to like how I like to live my life like for example you know emails messages will come through at like 10 11 o'clock at night that need like urgent attention and because of the way that I am like I would want to service them in the best way and I would want to be there and like totally on call all the time but that would then sacrifice everything that I've worked for in terms of a work-life balance so that's why fundamentally I chose kind of not to do that um funny story actually I had a an influencer who I think most of you will have like heard of if you're in that kind of like TikTok kind of world um quite a well-known influencer who isn't in beauty isn't in fashion did more like 
sort of like commentary and like kind of comedy videos but anyway um they contacted me and they were like we really want you to manage us and this is when I was like seriously thinking about it um and I was like okay let's have a conversation like what are you looking to do like what's your budget and we had this whole conversation and I ended up like I got all of their you know what they wanted to get out of it like what they wanted to achieve and most of the things were like brand deals and like furthering their career and that kind of thing which I then went back to them and said look in my humble opinion um I really think that you need a manager not um not a PR because this was like a conversation of like will you work with me as a PR um and I was like I think you just really need a management a manager or management you know to sort of push your career and get you these brand deals like as a PR that's not necessarily something that I would really want to take on because it's so far away from what I do on a day-to-day like I'm on the complete opposite end of the spectrum to that so yeah basically long story short it would it would have been a lot of work and then so I I was like really really contemplating this and I was like oh this could be a really big opportunity if I wanted to go into management or like anything like that I ended up turning it down after I slept on it I just had this feeling of like even though the deal was really good and like the budget was there and I could have like started this new sector of my business I had this gut feeling that it wasn't right and then a few weeks later this influencer got into like a huge scandal like not even just like on a TikTok level, like on like a national news kind of level. And I was like, phew, wow. And then that just kind of like solidified the whole thing that I was talking about at the beginning of this episode of like, everything happens at the right time. And you know, what's meant for you is meant for you kind of thing. Like, I know it sounds really wishy-washy, but when things like that happened to me, like I turned that down for like no real reason other than I had a gut feeling and yeah I ended up basically saving myself because that would have been actually horrendous to deal with like it would have been awful as a manager to deal with that so god help the person who did end up being their manager that's what I can say um so yeah I ended up with this tiktok content drawing in like an influencer heavy um audience I also ended up like getting a lot of dms from really really small businesses like we're talking like they're their turnover is like a couple of hundred pounds a month which is amazing like if it's like your side hustle or you're just starting out but you're not at the like they're not at the level where they would be recruiting someone like a PR which is quite an expensive like monthly fee to have Um, and I'm always happy to explain that to people as well like when they come in and they're like oh we really want to work with you it's like yeah great but this is actually how much it's going to cost and you have to really be ready for that um yeah again like that's a whole other topic that I will make an episode on like when brands are ready for PR and kind of like managing those initial conversations um but yeah that is a lot of the stuff that I had from TikTok so again I I you know I do think it has its place I do still use it I should still you know with this podcast I'm gonna make more TikTok content that relates to the podcast but in terms of TikTok itself like it doesn't have a huge valuable huge value sorry to me and my business so I don't put a huge amount of energy into it um and then the last little point because people ask me about this quite a lot is like the whole cold calling thing so like just randomly contacting brands and being like hey do you need a PR so 
I think this works, but in a very like specific circumstance and situation. So I have done that to brands previously, but it has been brands that I genuinely think fits with my client portfolio. Um, client portfolio, another one. I, I know I keep saying like, oh, I'll talk about this in another episode, but honestly, there's so much to say and that's why we are here in the in the podcast world. So I promise I will make an episode um, touching on that in the future. But it has worked with me, you know, it fit, they fit with my portfolio and they're brands who have been on my radar and I genuinely like and I know a lot about so I will kind of contact them and be like hey I just wanted to reach out like I wanted to know if you would like to chat about PR like if you have PR or if you already have a PR team that you wanted to add to you know just keep it very open keep it very vague um and also like letting them know that you follow the brand you like them you what you like about them if you've used their products I think that's really important like I always will try and use the product from a brand before I outreach to them because I think you know it's also important to know like if it's good or not or if you genuinely like it so I've done that quite a few times and that's um, a great conversation starter but yeah cold calling does work but only in that sense where it's like hey would love to chat this is why kind of thing as opposed to hey do you want some PR if you did that all day long like do I think that you would have some success with it like at some point yeah you probably would but is it worth the energy of like cold blasting all of these brands just to get one lead in like six months you might as well just like save your time and energy be really like specific about who you target and why and then take the time to target them properly as opposed to just cold calling because I think no one likes a cold call no one likes a spammy email no one likes a spammy dm so yeah would never ever recommend that um so yeah I think that is sort of all of the like main things that I wanted to cover in this podcast um Obviously, I went into quite a lot of depth about social media, but I do honestly think that the majority of my clients, thinking back, have come from some form of word of mouth. And that word of mouth for me is strengthened by networking via social media. Um, And then building your network over time. I think patience is so important. Like when you first go freelance, just getting the word out there that you are actually freelance that takes time you know getting your reputation to a point as a freelancer is different to your reputation as like when you're in an agency you have to sort of build it all again um and that takes time you know building a career takes time a reputation takes time but when you get there and you start to you know really feel that momentum and that build people will start to talk you know especially when you work within a specific Um, industry like I do so I specialize in hair and beauty so I would I mean without blowing my own trumpet I would like to think that my name is quite well known amongst certain groups in that industry which is also really super helpful um so I think it would be slightly more difficult if you didn't specialize because then it becomes quite broad um and you would have to rely on things like google seo and things like that um which is something that I haven't talked about. Um, It's not something that I specifically focus on. I know that some people really do and I do actually recommend it for brands to really focus on it. But in terms of for me, um, I've never focused on it. I've never really done much to boost my SEO. Um, 
in a way I think I've just been extremely lucky that I've been able to build what I have um and then sort of ride that momentum off the back of it because now you know there are like my phone does ring I do get those new business requests and I do get people recommending me which is so kind and I'm so thankful for um so yeah I would say networking comes in all shapes and forms don't feel like you need to be out at parties all the time especially like during the world that we live in like it's just not the way um and just be really patient and really think about who you want to work with and why um and I think as I said and have been saying throughout this whole podcast your energy and your focus when you pour it in a specific direction you you will be rewarded like I just think that's how it works um and that might sound crazy but that's genuinely what I believe so if you're you know if your focus and your energy is all over the place then it's not really going to come back around but if it's focused and you know calculated I think it can only 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 build that momentum that is you know so great to achieve when you eventually get that rolling uh, so I do hope that was helpful. Um, of course, as I said in the first episode, um, wow, if you've gotten to this point, like, well done. Uh, but I am over on Instagram at the PR department podcast. So come and follow if you want to join the conversation before, after and in between episodes. Like I'm always happy to take questions and I'm always happy to hear your comments and feedback so if you have anything to tell me do let me know I would love to hear from you and that's it for now I will see you in the next episode